Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 416 for the 19th of Tavis in a regular year. So New Year's just happened, meaning secular New Year's, right? It's not a Jewish holiday, but nevertheless, we kind of do acknowledge it, um, you know, living in Western society as we do. And what is New Year's most famous for? People making resolutions, right? And then what is New Year's second most famous for is Acknowledging over the past year how long it took you to break your previous New Year's resolutions, right? So we all come into New Year's, whether we're talking about the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, or the non-Jewish New Year, you know, January 1st, um, coming into the year with a fresh new start, and we feel really good. We feel really optimistic and inspired, and maybe we keep our resolutions for a good while, you know, Um, but at some point or another, then inevitably what tends to happen to most of us is we slip into our old habits or old ways. Sure, there's growth and, you know, not to minimize the growth that happens, but we all have had this experience. I know I've had this experience too, that it's like you're working on a certain trait. Let's say even forget about New Year's, but just like in your life, you're working on developing better habits, um, you know, better character traits or whatever it is. And let's say you really feel like you succeeded in overcoming a certain negative habit, a certain negative character trait. How frustrating is it to recognize that it seeps up on you? You know, when you least expect it, it rears its ugly head and you find that you, you know, snap at your spouse and you thought that you would never do that again, or you get into an unhealthy relationship with somebody or you stay up way too late watching YouTube videos or something like that and uh, or eating too much food, you know, too much sugar or something like that. We all have our indulgences. We all have our tendencies. And even if we have uh, worked on ourselves to a really great extent um, and grown a lot, and again, I don't want to minimize that growth, there's a certain acknowledgement that we all have and a certain frustration that we all have that at the end of the day, like we still have these tendencies and sometimes it can make us feel like really frustrated. Like, have I really grown after all this time if I can still slip into my bad ways? So the good news is, yes, you have grown and you should really, you, the, you pat yourself on the back. There's, there's, it's very difficult to overcome negative habits. Um, it's, it's a huge thing. But at the same time, um, yes, we're all human. And what that means for the vast majority of us is that we're flawed human beings on the inside, even if it doesn't get manifest on the outside. And this is what being a Bainani is all about. So a Bainani is somebody who actually has gotten to the point uh, who where they, they're 
negative character traits actually never come out, where they actually never yell at their spouse, ever, where they actually never get into a negative relationship. They never eat that unhealthy food ever again or binge on YouTube or whatever that is. But now the question is, do they never do it because the tendency is no longer there or do they never do it because they no longer have the tendency? So that's really what makes the difference between a Benoni and between a Tariq. And that's what, what the topic of today's Tanya is going to be all about, is going back to, if you've been following along the podcast so far, if you go back to the beginning of the podcast, we spoke about this rabbi named Rava in the Gemara, who was an extremely holy man, somebody who most likely was a tzaddik, who just never sinned in his whole life, and his whole life was immersed in Torah and prayer. Uh, but yet on his deathbed, he thought to himself, he had a question, maybe he's a Benoni, maybe he's a, a Benoni. So how could that be? How could someone like Rabbah consider himself to be a Benoni? And this is the question that we're now going to answer, that we're going to address in today's Tanya podcast. And the answer, as we'll see, is that just because you are behaving properly, just because you are not falling into any negative habits at all, doesn't mean that you don't have the tendency to do so. And this is something that really is important to acknowledge because it keeps us real, it keeps us humble, and it keeps us on our toes, which is a good thing because most likely we're not Sadiqim. This book of the Tanya that we're reading is called the Sefer Shul Benonim, the book of the Benoni, because because the ultra rabbi acknowledged the human condition. He realized that we all, that we're flawed, that we are not perfect. And perhaps counterintuitively, recognizing our inherent imperfection, re- recognizing our inherent Uh, negative tendencies can actually keep us in check and can actually make us realize it's like sort of like when you when you're aware of the beast when you're aware of the enemy you can keep it at bay versus if you space out about it and you kind of just live in this like um overly optimistic space about yourself then that's when it can come back to haunt you so in today's tanya And for context, we are still in the middle of chapter 13. We're going to be discussing a situation of somebody who, to all external appearances, appears like a tzaddik. He never does any sins, is actually really involved in Torah study and prayer all day long. And even to themselves, not only to the outside world, but even to themselves, their own internal experience is a very holy experience. Their thoughts, their emotions are all about God all day long. So yet, how could we say that this type of person is a Benoni? Like what, what is it about this person that would make them a Benoni? How could you have somebody like this? Someone like Raba, who is also a Benoni? This is the topic for today. So let's see how the Alter Rabbi explains this in more technical kind of, you know, Tanya kind of language. So for context, again, we are beginning a new chapter. This is tw- chapter 12 of Likutei Amarim. And the Alter Rabbi begins and he describes somebody, he says somebody who, let's say their whole life's aspiration is for God's Torah and they're involved in Torah day and night. This is not proof that the bad within them has left its place. In fact, this negativity, this ra in Hebrew, could be very much alive and well inside of the left ventricle of the heart, which is the seat of this Yitzhahara, this negative inclination. So what's going on? It's just that his garments, his outer garments, which again are the, the thought, speech, and action of the animal soul are not vested within their minds and within their mouth and within their uh, all their hands and all the other organs of their body. So they're not wearing the clothing of the animal soul. 
Why is this? Because God made it such that the mind is ruling over the heart. So we discussed this yesterday, talking about the mediator, you know, between the mind and the heart. So you have these two two uh, judges that are in conflict with one another, and then God comes in and like helps out the mind or the godly soul. And so thus, this allows it so that the mind, namely the godly, the, the godly soul, which is vested within the mind, is in rulership over the iliktana, the small city, meaning the, the body, and all of the organs of the body, uh, so that they will be wearing the garments of the godly soul, which is the thought, speech, and action of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah. So what you have here is you have this person who on the inside is a mix of things. They have their animal soul and their godly soul, and the animal soul is still alive and well and still vested in the left ventricle of their heart, but just the clothing that this soul is wearing as it is uh, within the body is the clothing of the godly soul. It's not wearing the clothing of the animal soul. But this is just in terms of the outer clothing. It's not in terms of what's going on in the inside. So on the inside, the godly soul does not have full rulership uh, over the animal soul in the case of a Benoni. Um, but rather, the only times that it has rulership is in the times when the person is involved in loving God in a revealed manner, like in a conscious way, a person in very auspicious times, as we described. So like when a person is involved in prayer, for example, then, uh, and, and Kriyashma, like we talked about in yesterday's, uh, episode. So during these times, then yes, that, that, uh, at those moments, then the godly soul is, soul is predominating. It's it's we can it's like victorious. We can say, but even then, it's not like a true victory because it's just like this idea of like when we talk about the nations, like one nation will prevail over the other. As we cited from Brachis chapter twenty five, verse twenty three. Um, so it's just this idea. It's like we can kind of picture that there's like a battle going on, and it's like one. Uh, like the godly soul is like pushing the animal soul down to the ground, but it, it's active. It's an active force. So it's like if the go- if the godly soul were to release its hold even for a split second, then the animal soul would rise right back up again. And the altar but describes a kind of cabalistic way that this happens is that basically that the at the the way that the godly soul gets this strength to be able to predominate over the animal soul is because it it goes to the source of the gvuras, uh, which is bina. So basically, like in Kabbalah, the the both bina and gvura are on the left side, and gvura, which is most commonly understood to be this idea of like restraint and like judgment and severity and all that, it also actually means um, strength, great strength. Litzgaber uh, is like to overcome to predominate over gibor is a is a great hero a great um mighty person so where does the godly soul get its might from is by tapping into the source of this kvara, which is the source is bina what's bina bina is the idea of understanding comprehension analysis all of that so what this means is that the godly soul uses this faculty of bina meaning that it it taps into this power of comprehension and, and, and meditation intellectual meditation about god to birth this love of God, this great love of God that's found in the right ventricle of the heart. And this will cause the subjugation of the negative side, the sitra akhra, the other side in the left ventricle of the heart. Um, so it's not that it becomes totally nullified, like in the case of a tzaddik. Like in the case of a tzaddik, the way that the altar describes it, he describes it by uh, by quoting Tehillim chapter 
109 verse 22 where it says my heart is uh is void within me so it's in in the case of a tzaddik there is no more evil there's no more evil to subdue subdue and subjugate and like push down it's it's not there anymore um especially so in the case of a complete tzaddik as we described right where it's like the complete tzaddik totally eradicated the evil to the point that the evil is now good or in the case of a an incomplete tzaddik it's you know it's it's basically for all intents and purposes, it's gone because it's really so dormant within them that it has absolutely no like hold over them. It's not like rising up. It's as if we could say that, you know, in a boxing match between the Yetzer Tov and the Yetzer Hara, then the Yetzer Tov like smashed out the Yetzer Hara to the point that the Yetzer Hara now is in a coma or something. But in the case of a Benoni, the Yetzer Hara is not in a coma. It's sleeping, okay, but it can rise up at any moment. So while the Benoni is involved in, uh, in, in prayer or in Krishna, and he's feeling this great love of God, then, you know, they might mistaken themselves to being a tzaddik. They might be like, oh, wow, like, like look, at, look at me, everything I love and everything I, I'm all about is about, all about God. But the, but the thing is, right after they complete the prayer, that they stop praying, then this um, this animal within them, the animal soul can awaken once again and have that same hold over them. So through all of this, now we can come to understand why it was, why it is that Rabbah thought of himself as a Benoni, even though he was like constantly being involved uh, in Torah study. He just, his mouth never ceased from Torah study and his whole entire life was devoted all day and night to being involved in Torah study and, and, um, and loving God and, you know, reading Shema and praying and all that kind of stuff. So, how could it be that he thought of himself as a as a as a vanity? So what was going on is that Rava thought of himself. He said he thought that the only reason why he was filled with this deep love of God and this deep, these aspirations for God and you know this desire to learn Torah is because he was involved in it all day long. And he and so thus he never gave himself the opportunity to be able to stop and to have the animal wake up once again. He was just constantly so proactive in terms of his service of God, you know, that he didn't even let himself get to the opportunity to allow his um, his temptations to surface. So that's a really amazing thing if you think about it. It's sort of like this, like living, like the idea of a Benoni is a very, very high level. It's somebody who's living in a state of consciousness where they're so aware at all times of their inner temptations, of their inner animal, that they're always one step ahead, that they're always, you know, moving and actively involved. And this is the idea that this is actually what the sages were referring to when they expressed their hope, their desire uh, in in the Gemara, in Masechet Brachos, page 21a, that where they said, that if only a person were to pray all day long. So it's like, this is a very admirable place to be, that a person should be so involved in prayer all day long that, you know, they shouldn't even know, are they a tzaddik, are they a benoni? They never know because they just are so involved in it all day long. So... Uh, Again, you know, if you wanted to relate it back to any other habits or whatever, it's like, how do people keep New Year's resolutions is by constantly, constantly being on top of them, by constantly never, never resting for a moment, you know, and just um, allowing yourself to, people say, slipping back into your bad habits, right? Because it's like the idea that it's like, you can just, if, if you're not aware, it's so easy to fall back into your bad habits. So you always want to be one step above. You always want to be one step ahead. And then if you're one step ahead, you'll never know if you fully changed or not. And that's okay. And you should assume it's that idea of like, always assume that you're a Russia because 
having that assumption that you're a Rasha will always keep you in check and you won't fall. And that is the ultimate state of being a Bainani, which which it's which it sounds like Rabbi changed uh, attained. Like he never the ultra Rabbi actually, as far as I know, he never actually resolves uh, the question of was Rava a Bainani or was he a Tzaddik? Perhaps nobody knew. Perhaps he himself didn't know. Like, was he a tzaddik? Was he was he a benoni? We don't know, and that's okay because it's not about you know what level you get to in that sense. The idea of being a benoni is really enough. That's that's what Hashem expects from us. He doesn't expect us to be tzaddikim. That's not something that's necessarily attainable for the vast majority of the people, and that's that's really okay. That's not our purpose down here. Our purpose for the vast majority of us is to be a Benoni, which is something we can all strive for. So that's it for today. And we'll continue with along these lines tomorrow. And I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.